Proverbs chapter number 10, and we'll be looking tonight at verses 6 and 7. Proverbs 10, looking together at verses 6 and 7. And tonight we're going to consider uh, going along in our kind of series within a series of dealing with family things. Uh, Point number four in our handout, uh, we have dealt with uh, wisdom in life in verses one and two and wealth and loss in verse number three. Uh, Work and laziness in verses 4 and 5. And tonight, the title is Wickedness and Law. Uh, If I was to give this a subtitle, this would have a subtitle, uh, would also uh, title this a good name. All right, a good name. So the concept of a wickedness and law, but with an emphasis on thinking about a good name. Proverbs 10, verses 6 and 7. It says, Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Now, in order for us to remember everywhere that we've been uh, over the last number of months will be quite difficult. But if we were to just focus on the immediate context of what we've been learning uh, in Proverbs chapter number 10, uh, we realize that within this particular text, uh, Solomon had observed uh, one aspect that we spent some time on, and it was the preoccupation of acquiring riches. And he began to raise cautions, or we might refer to them as admonitions, regarding uh, being aware of things that are here or things that are now and the future, or what we'll refer to as the hereafter. And we saw that in verses 1 through 5. Proverbs 10, verse number 6, is warning us about the dangers of the here, or what we might refer to the dangers of the now. And you'll notice in verse number six, it talks about blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The context of verse number six is in present tense. In other words, these are the things that would be occurring now or in the here. When we see the word blessings in scripture, uh, the word blessing refers not just to good things, Oftentimes, we uh, use the word blessing rather loosely. We use it in terminology where we pronounce a blessing on someone, and I know what our intent is. Our intent is we're wishing good things on someone. Uh, we're wishing that we, we're, we're hoping that something good comes to them. I'm, I have a tendency in, in my correspondence, if through email or through text, to use the phrase, have a blessed day in the Lord. It's something that I have done um, for as long as I can remember. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we look at the word blessing, and when, and when it's in the, the, the context of who's granting the blessings, the word blessings throughout Scripture are not things of good tidings that are given to one another. They are good things that are given by God. And in the truest sense, the good things or the blessings that are given by Yahweh. Yahweh is the Hebrew word for Jehovah. Jehovah means all-powerful God. So there's a connection here. That blessings are those things which are given by Jehovah. All right, and that's going to be important as we go forward. So when we see blessings, 
uh, we can refer to blessings as uh, being able to identify those. Now, in the context of Scripture, uh, we see blessings being pronounced on people who do or did have earthly riches. Okay, And those earthly riches were uh, acquired or gained in legitimate ways. Uh, but in some cases, riches were acquired in lawless ways. Now, riches in this life can be gained with honesty or they can be gained in, with dishonesty. Uh, they can be gained in violence. Now, if you were to just think with me tonight, if we were just to think about some Old Testament saints and their names who were rich, we would think about people like Job. We would think about David. We think about Solomon. These were all rich men. Now, the richness of these men or the blessings upon these men did not come without responsibilities. In other words, those who were granted these riches had a spiritual responsibility to do and care for the poor in order that the work of God might be furthered. So here's the point. The riches in this life are not forbidden unless those riches are gained by fraud, violence, or some sort of oppression. Now you say, what does this have to do with wickedness and law and a good name? That's exactly where we're going with this. Think about the names Job and think about the names David and even think about the name Solomon. Now, the reason I say that is because blessings in verse number six is not just about money, okay? So sometimes we say a person who has been blessed with great riches, uh, they are indeed blessed people. However, blessings are not just identified by people who have monetary riches. The very, very poor can have the blessings of God upon them. As a matter of fact, when we think about earthly blessings, we often confuse blessings with having it good or having it being well off. In other words, we think about a person's truly blessed if they have a lot of stuff. Scripturally speaking, there is no connection between being rich and blessings being the only indication that God is in fact blessing a person. Now, to connect these thoughts, okay, to where we're going with this, notice what he says. He says, blessings are upon the head of the just. In other words, the man who has the blessings of God, who is a just man, that just man who is righteous has the blessing of God upon him. But violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Again, this follows the pattern that we began looking at a couple weeks ago with these, these proverbs having a compare and contrast. One positive, one negative. The positive here is, is blessings are upon the head of the just. But on the negative side, violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Now here's where we introduce the idea of the name. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. How do we identify people who used to be? by their name. We identify people in the past by their name. We identify Job and David and Solomon as examples of rich people. We identified them as those who had the blessing of God upon them. 
But the idea here is, is that the memory of the just is blessed. So when we think about David, we think about Solomon, we even think about Job. We think about men who were just, and we think about men that had the blessings of God upon them. Those are men who had a good name, right? A good name. When we mention those three names, if you mention those three names, even in a secular society, most people identify and recognize those three names. Even unbelievers often recognize the name Solomon. There's a lot of characters we could begin talking about. We could talk about Abraham. We could talk about Noah. People remember their name. This is the idea of what's happening here. Solomon, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has given us this identity or this connection between the blessings upon the just and the difference upon not having the blessings. Now, we've all heard the expression about having a good name, or maybe we've heard the expression, what's in a name? What Solomon has been doing here is he's been warning about the here, what's happening in the now. But Solomon in verse number seven is warning not so much about what's happening now, but what's going to happen to my name in the future. Now, why does that matter? Let me give you a couple more examples of the difference between a name that is blessed and a name that was wicked. Think about the names of the wicked of some, compare them to a just character in the Bible and a wicked character. We know Noah, but how many of you know the name of Nimrod? Now, a lot of us have heard it, but if I was to put you on the spot which I'm not going to do, and I'm going to ask you, tell me all you know about Nimrod. Maybe you do know a lot. Most people don't, but they do know that that name is not a blessed name. What about the name Samuel? We know Samuel, and we immediately say that's a blessed man of God. Now, we do know uh, the, the opposite of Samuel, a man by the name of Saul. And we know about Saul, and we know that his name and his memory that we remember is not a good one. What about the name Jonathan? Jonathan is familiar to us in Scripture. We know that his friendship with David. But what about Joab? What about Hezekiah compared with Haman from the book of Esther? What about Paul? We think of his name and immediately we think, now that's a blessed man. But then we think about the name Pilate. So here's what we have. In these, each one of these cases, we have a man's name who is blessed and a man's name who is mentioned in shame. Okay, Saul died in shame. These men died with the, with the, the, the curse of God upon them. We all know Abraham. Most of the world they know Abraham, even, even some false religions who, who attempt to use God's word as their uh, foundation, understand who Abraham is. But how many know Abimelech? Well, Abimelech was a man who ruled the Philistines, and he was guilty throughout Scripture of repeatedly wronging Abraham. So the name Abraham is a blessed name. It's a good name. But the name Abimelech is a name that would fit the category of the name of the wicked shall rot. We would never know the name of Abimelech had he not come in contact with Abraham. 
The principle here is really quite important. And it's something that is disappearing from our society. Having a good name. Now, I want to take you to the book of Ecclesiastes just as a support text, and I, I will do my very, very best not to expound this text. I just want to read it, okay? But Ecclesiastes 7, and look with me at verse number 1. Ecclesiastes 7, verse number 1. The Bible tells us a good name is better than precious ointment. Look, I'm already going to go against my word. Precious ointment is a picture of riches. Okay? So a good name is better than riches. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. Now that one you can sit and chew on for a long time. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool, this also is vanity." Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this." This principle of a good name. A good name is more than just having a good reputation. A good name is dependent upon the blessing of God. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? It's not just having a good reputation. It's having the blessing of God. In Ecclesiastes, when, that's being, when Solomon is writing that book as well, that's why when you read Ecclesiastes and you read Proverbs together, it sounds so similar because you've got the same author primarily. But when you talk about a good name, a good name must have the blessings of God upon it. Now, what does this tell us about a name? A name that has the blessing of God upon it is a good name no matter what people say about it. If I have the blessing of God upon me, no matter how someone smears my name through the mud, I have a good name. Now oftentimes, people ruin their own name by their actions. They ruin their own testimony. Uh, in, a, in a moment, in a, in a time of impulse, a fit of rage, a fit of anger, our name among men can absolutely be destroyed to where it gets out that everybody, when they hear your name, they say, that person is awful. Now, we've all made mistakes like that where we have caused some shame to our name, right? Where we've said something, we've done something. We're not talking about one instance of making a mistake here. What we are in fact talking about is we're talking about a good name in the sight of God. 
To have a good name in the sight of God means my standing with God must be right. My standing to have a blessed name, a good name in the sight of God means I must be in Jesus Christ. I must have his righteousness. Now, a good name is going to be marked by good character. It's going to be marked by a person of honesty, a person of integrity. And it's going to be something that's rare. You know what's an interesting study in the scriptures? Find all the good names and compare it to all the bad names. And you will find bad names outweigh the good ones. In other words, if you study their life, they do not have a good name. The good names are rare and they are precious. Now again, why does this all connect with what we're talking about here? Because if we have a good name, then we realize we are no longer, according to the law of God, wicked. We don't have a wicked name. Now, there may be men or women who know us who say something like this. I remember that person. I know what they used to be. I know what they used to do. I know what they used to be involved in. As a matter of fact, they were one of the most hateful people I ever met. Your name might not be good among men, but your name among God. I can't change what man says about my name, about what I did in the past. But aren't you glad tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ changed our bad name and gave us a good name and put his blessings upon us? See, the reality here is God is talking about a good name that is based upon the blessings of God which indicates that to have the blessings of God means that I must be in Christ. It's interesting that in that very first verse in, in Ecclesiastes 7.1, when he said the day of death and the day of one's birth, this has tripped people up for a long time. They say, why in the world would my death, be, my death day be better than my birthday? Because the reality is, is if we have a good name, our death day will be better than our birthday because the day of our death, when we stand before the judgment seat of God, we will have a good name. You can often tell a reputation or a character of a person, and this is not true across the board. I'm not really sure I meant to go this route, but we're going to go this way. Oftentimes, you can tell about a good name or a bad name when someone physically dies. You can see the reaction to that person being gone. Sometimes they're remembered well, and other times they're remembered as I don't remember anything good about them. What Proverbs is talking about is something more than just what man thinks. He's talking about the promises of what God declares about his own. In your handout under wickedness and law, there's two thoughts we're going to expound upon quickly tonight. Number one, the name of the just will be remembered. The name of the just will be remembered. And number two, the name of the wicked will be forgotten. So let's think about the name of the just being remembered. Blessings are upon the head of the just or the righteous. But violence, that word violence there in verse number six, back in our text, means extreme behavior or violence by action or words. Covereth, that word covereth means overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. So blessings are upon the head of the just. 
Blessings of God are upon us not just when we die, but they are actually upon us right now. In other words, a lot of people say, you know, I, I, I'm really going to, I'm going to get the full blessing of God when I get to heaven after I die. In a sense, yes, but if you are one of the righteous, you already have God's living blessings on you in the now, here, right now. I hear so many people say, I'm just looking forward to getting to glory and I can truly see the blessings of God. You already have the blessings of God upon you if you are in Jesus Christ. Now, blessings, again, are not just good things. Remember, we're talking about Yahweh. We're talking about Jehovah God, all-powerful. All the way back in Proverbs 10, verse 3, remember this, this study we did that night. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. That is not just for the future, that's also for now. When I tell somebody blessings, blessings in Scripture are not just happy wishes. Blessings in Scripture actually have the power of God upon them. So when we read verse 6, blessings are upon the head of the just, what we are reading is the power of Jehovah, Yahweh, is now on the head of the righteous. When you have the blessing of God, you're not just talking about, hey, I got some good things people say about me. I have the power of God on me. What does that tell us about God? That tells us that God is active. God is active and he is bringing about these blessings to their fulfillment. The blessing of God imparts power to the recipient. Folks, for years, I lived just looking forward. I'm going to try to say this without it sounding really morbid and scary. To death, because then I would experience the real power of God. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? I, you get in this forward-looking view that says, listen, nothing's going to be good and blessed until I die. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. That is a great blessing, and there is a wonderful blessed hope that is coming when Christ comes again. But you and I are not supposed to live like we're just trying to get by until death. And that's how we're living our Christian life, as if we're just kind of dragging along to say, well, I'm just waiting for death to come. No, we have the true blessings, power of God upon us now, if you are the just. Blessings come to the righteous. The righteous are those who have a right standing before God. What do these blessings include? Spiritual blessings, mental blessings, and physical blessings. Not prosperity gospel garbage, but the blessings physically, spiritually. They include those blessings that were promised back in verse 3 that we just looked at. But they also include the blessings of verses 4 and 5. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. These were not just good uh, statements to live by. These are powerful truths. 
that if a man does not live with a slack or laziness, he will receive the powerful blessings of God. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. But the lazy man, like we learned last week, is a man who just simply does nothing. So we have these pictures here. This proverb or these, this principle of the blessings refer to the righteous. And this goes all the way back to when we started our study in Proverbs 1 back in verses 7 and 9. Here's what it said. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. You realize that one of the first lessons we learned in this section and in this, this book, rather, of Proverbs was that the righteous are those who have listened and submitted to their godly, earthly fathers and mothers. There's a promise being made in the very first chapter of the Proverbs that if a son listens to the instruction of his father and doesn't forsake the law of his mother, that he will have the blessings of God upon him. That goes all the way back to where we started this entire book. It is not coincidental that the book of Proverbs starts with receiving instruction from parents. Folks, let me say this. You know where a good name starts? With our parents. And we understand that this, this ornament of grace, it's a symbol of joy and happiness. In its truest sense, it's a, the ornament of grace was a, was a floral wreath. <laughs> it's the idea of being crowned with something that's precious. But it's in Proverbs 1, 9, and then you look over at Proverbs 4, 9, and you see that same phrase again. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Listen, these blessings that come, these earthly blessings, the now blessings, the here blessings, they are things that are for now, not just for the life to come. In Proverbs 3, verses 16 through 18, let's go, oh, let's go review these quickly again. Proverbs 3, verses 16 through 18. Remember, keeping all these things in mind, length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Again, it's a reference to wisdom, and we've learned that wisdom is Christ. Proverbs 8, verses 35 through 36. Proverbs 8, 35 through 36. These are, these are just reminder verses. Actually, go back to verse 34. Blessed is the man that heareth me. Again, we looked at that text and that the me there is a reference to Christ. Watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors, for whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. And then Proverbs 9, 6. Forsake the foolish and what? Live and go in the way of understanding. So who do the blessings of God come upon? 
Is it having a good name first? No, the blessings come to those who are seeking after righteousness. Not the righteousness that comes by the works of the law, but by faith. Those that live by faith in the righteousness of wisdom who is Christ and are justified by this righteousness, they are accounted and reckoned to be blessed. A person without Christ is not a blessed person. Now you say, wait a minute. What about the richest man in the world who has all these possessions and everybody knows his name? You see where I'm going? That doesn't make him blessed. Because without Christ, there is no blessings. Folks, we have got to get out of this vicious circle of equating earthly monetary riches as some favor of God that nobody else has. Job and David and Solomon, the riches did not make them more blessed than any one of us who are in Christ. They had a responsibility to deal with those riches and handle them as good stewards. And by the way, you and I do too, no matter what our riches are, however small or large they are, we're to be good stewards of them. I love what George Lawson said about this. He said, the just man is not only, is not, not only not, is not, let me start over. The just man is not only commended by men, but by God. He not only expects, but now possesses blessings. He is not only enriched, but crowned with blessings coming down from the Father. He shall not be confounded, but his mouth is opened to bless the author of his blessings. The blessings are for now. But then notice he says, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Here's the contrast. Those who do not receive those blessings, similarly, just like we saw in verse three, he casteth away the substance of the wicked. But notice what he says. He says, violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. What is this violence that he's talking about? These are wicked cravings. These are wicked desires. It's what we refer to as extreme behavior, which may in fact include physical violence. Do you know physical violence to acquire riches? Do you realize that the reason that happens is because it's fed by what they crave? Do you know most violent acts against another man's person is for the craving of something? They want riches. Now, that craving may vary, but you understand the violence here, again, is a way of acquiring riches in an improper manner. So instead of receiving the blessings from Jehovah God that are good, they will receive the judgment of God. Violence. This violence, this extreme behavior is going to be rewarded from God with the very thing that they use to try to acquire the riches. It's interesting that the Bible tells us back in Proverbs 1 again, these principles were being laid down when we first began this study and we didn't connect them all, but it talks about the mouth of the unrighteous is filled with talk of violence. Proverbs 1 again, verse 11. 
Remember, this is in the section where Solomon was talking about his son, that if sinners entice you, don't consent. Proverbs 1, verse 11, if they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. This is exactly who Solomon is talking about in Proverbs 10 about the violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. What does that mean? That means the wicked have evil intentions. These evil intentions are revealed by what they say. What we say, folks, is the result of what our heart says. Okay? What, what, we, what we say with our mouth is what our heart is. We learned in Proverbs 6, 14 and Proverbs 6, 19, that those whose mouths are filled with violence are continually sowing discord. Proverbs 1, 18 and 19 tell us that those will, they will experience violence upon them. Here you have Jehovah blessing the righteous, but the same Jehovah who grants the blessings is the same Jehovah, Yahweh, who puts who puts judgment upon the unrighteous. The giver is Jehovah. The Jehovah God gives blessings. The Jehovah God grants judgment. So what is it about the violent man? The violent man is a man who is condemned already. And we understand that when the judge, Jesus Christ, re returns Read the scriptures about what happens to the unrighteous throughout the Bible. Read about the judgment that is coming upon the wicked. Read about the judgment that is coming upon those who committed or attempted to commit violence against the people of God. Folks, I don't know when and I don't know exactly how, but there is coming a day when every violent uprising and every vile word that is being said about against the people of God will be permanently and eternally put down. When you hear violent speech, okay, you are seeing Proverbs 10:6 in action. Violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. You are dealing with people who do not have the blessing of God upon them, but rather they have the curse of God upon them. The unrighteous. So we have the name of the just being remembered. But secondly, in verse 7, we have the name of the wicked being forgotten. The memory of the just or the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Now, I don't mean to be gross tonight, but the word rot here means decays and becomes worm-eaten. That's the strength of the word. So look what he's saying. The memory of the just, the righteous, is blessed. But the name of the wicked shall be rot. Or shall rot. So the consequence of a righteous man being blessed will be this. When that righteous man dies the memory of him will also be a blessed memory. 
His life, folks, and this is so important, His life will have produced real fruit. And there will be people who will praise God for the influence of that individual. I don't know about you, but when I think about that and I think about my own life, and this is not about me tonight, I don't want you to make this about you per se, but in a way I want us to think about that. Is our life producing real fruit to where people actually look at us and say, that person, we thank God that that person had an influence in our life. Folks, we know them by their name. We know people in our own minds, in our own life, we've come in contact with that we say, no, that's a person that I remember with gratitude to the Lord because of what they did and the fruit that they produced that affected my life. But we also have the names or the memory of those who didn't. A life that produces the fruit of the righteous and the blessedness of God will long be remembered. I love, don't turn there, just listen. I love Psalm 112.6. It says, the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. The memory of them will live on forever. Again, Lawson said, his name shall live when he is dead. The remembrance of him is dear to his friends and honored by the wise. A good reputation brings honor to God and prolongs the influence of his good example. His good works not only follow him, but live behind him. Should it so happen that, and I love this, should it so happen that his character and or name is mistaken by the world, or should his name die out among men, it shall yet be had in everlasting remembrance before God, for never shall those names be erased from the Lamb's book of life, which were written in it from the foundation of the world." Folks, do you understand that in the Lamb's Book of Life, there are names actually written? We're not talking about a mythological book. We are talking about good names. Why are they good? Because they're names that are in Christ. When were those names written in that book? Before the foundation of the world. Folks, do you understand what I'm saying? God gave us a good name And even if I mess up in this life and I don't always be the example I'm supposed to be, if I am in Christ, as far as my standing in God is, there is a good name. But I ought to want to live up to the good name that Jesus Christ has given me and I ought to want to live a life of integrity, live a life of honesty. I ought as a father want to be the best example that my children ever see about what a blessed man looks like. As a mother, we ought to want to be the best example that when our children think of a blessed woman, they say, it's my mother. You see, we ought to be concerned about our name here. We ought to be concerned about what do people think about our name. Understanding, listen, there are people that are going to run your name through the mud just because you believe in Jesus Christ. But that ought not stop you from desiring to give a good example. You know, I can remember years ago, and it has stuck with me for so long, and I, I've used this in illustrations before. My own family's probably heard this. I remember my father telling me, 
guard your name. And there are so many times I failed to consider and think about what that meant. Times when I did and said things I shouldn't have done that went against what my own father told me. Guard your name. Watch your reputation. Folks, listen. It happens in our our day-to-day life now. We speak and we don't think about what's this going to do to my name. How's this going to affect what people think, again, I understand that it's our name before God, but we ought to want to protect it because we've been given this good name. But it says about the name of the wicked, it shall rot. His name will gradually decay and it'll be forgotten. As the Bible says, his name will become worm-eaten. No one will remember him for very long. And we say, hi, there's some pretty wicked people who live. We remember their name. But you understand something, that those that died outside of Christ, all that remains of them, don't miss this, all that remains of them is a forgotten grave somewhere that contains nothing in it but a decaying, worm-eaten body. That's their lasting memory of their name. Why does this matter when Solomon wrote this? And I didn't, I didn't get this until the very end of studying. And I started to realize and see, why did Solomon spend time about the name? Because to every Israelite, and even to this day, one of the greatest dread of an Israelite is that they'll die and that their name will be forgotten. Do you know why we have all the genealogies? Now, I understand from a theological standpoint, but do you realize that the Jews to this day are very, very careful to keep genealogies of their own family now? Now, again, I'm not saying we have to be this way, but some of us have fascination over the last 10, 15 years of people finding out their heritage, finding out their genealogies, where did I come from? The Jews are very, very particular about this because it's fearful for them. It is fearful for them that their name might be forgotten. Now, again, I only say that not so that we'll receive some kind of glory for it, but I use it as an illustration to think about how desperate are we, are we to live up to the good name that Jesus Christ has given us. Listen, I'm not asking you if you're the most popular person. I'm not asking you if you're recognizable by millions. I'm not asking you if you're a celebrity. All those things do not matter. My name that matters is my name and my standing before Almighty God, before Jehovah. And if I truly believe and am thankful for the good name that Christ has given me, then I ought to want to live up to the name he's given to me. I ought to want to say, listen, Christ has given me this wonderful blessing. He's blessed me in my life. He's declared me righteous. He's declared me just. He gives me physical provisions every single day of my life. And by the way, if you have food on your table, that's a blessing of God. If you have a job, that's a blessing of God. If you are in the faith, that's a blessing of God. You have this powerful Yahweh 
Gill says about the name of the wicked, he said, the name of the wicked shall be forgotten, be buried in oblivion and never mentioned. Although they may call their houses, lands, and cities by their own names in order to transmit their memory to posterity, yet these wicked ones by one means or another are destroyed and their memorials perish with them. What's the conclusion here? The abundance of blessings reside on just men now and also in eternity. But there's also, on the same token, an abundance of judgment that's abiding on wicked men. Folks, there's a reality. Both the just, the just man and the wicked man are both going to die. Okay? Whether you're just or you're unjust, the same event is coming to both. But there's a huge difference between what happens at that event. There's a huge difference between what happens to the just man, the blessed man. The just man, the blessed man, that woman, goes into the very presence of God, sees Jesus Christ. That unrighteous, unjust man, unjust woman, goes into a place of eternal, everlasting darkness. A place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. For eternity. We're not talking about just a day. We're not talking about a couple of years. We're talking about all of eternity. Folks, hell is very, very real. And you say, on a Wednesday night, we're talking about hell? Yes, we're talking about hell on Wednesday night. Because it's just as real as it was 100 years ago. For the person who dies without Christ... The memory of their name is the least thing on their mind. Because in that eternal flame is not a loss of memory. As a matter of fact, there's not even a time when you cease to exist. That just man that goes to heaven, that goes to glory, is going to exist in glory and eternity and will be just with his Savior for all of eternity. That unjust man will spend the same amount of time in a place called hell as the man who's just spends in heaven. Folks, that's why we are so diligent about saying, repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, not tomorrow, not next week, not two months from now, at this very moment. And you come running as fast as you can to Christ and you say, I'm coming to Christ. Why? Because there is a day coming. Folks, there's a day coming when all that will be remembered of us is our name. That's all that will be left. And yet the Bible says that the memory of the just, it's a blessed memory but the name of the wicked shall rot. Both the just and the wicked die, but between their souls, there's a vast difference, Matthew Henry said. The happiness of the just and the misery of the wicked is not confined to just this life here, but also in the hereafter. A blessed man is blessed in the hereafter as well. A wicked man here is a wicked man in the hereafter. 
The just man, although he dies physically, will not die spiritually. Why? Because his spirit is life because of Christ's imputed righteousness. His body will sleep in Christ and the memory of his name will never be forgotten. Never be forgotten by whom? By the Lord himself. But the name of the wicked will be forgotten forever. Folks, the deeper thought here is not just thinking about earthly names and earthly memories. The wicked, the name of the wicked forgotten forever. That name, that name will never, ever, ever be remembered again. I hope we'll take tonight not only as a way of encouragement and learning, but take it as a, as a, as a time to convict us, to remind us of what it is to have a good name. And do what we can to protect our name and live up to the name that God has given us. His children. His children. There is coming a day when all of us, not just ourselves, but we will watch family, we'll watch friends step out into eternity, and we'll stand someday, and all we'll have to really talk about is their name. And their name will say it all. Folks, I can't tell you, I've stood, I've stood and I've officiated, I've officiated funerals for unsaved people, and it's awful. It's awful. Because I, I speak of their name and I say their name, but I know by their own profession they're not with Christ. And it's so different when you stand at a funeral of a person who is in Christ. And yes, we're saddened as, as people who are left behind. But I'm telling you, it's a whole lot easier to say their name when you know they're in Jesus than to say their name when you know they're not. I have stood up there and struggled with how do you, how do you give a family comfort when you know their loved one by their own profession is nowhere near the gates of heaven. And all you can do at that moment is you can acknowledge their name and you can say to them, listen, the time is coming and there's an appointment that all men shall die and you need to be right and you're standing before God. And the only way to be right and you're standing before God is to repent and believe the gospel right now. That's our only, that's our only choice. If we have a good name, we have a name that is given to us by Jehovah God himself. As we bring this time to a close, let's read from our Valley of Vision on page 262. It's titled, An Act of Approach. He says, I praise thee continually for permission. Permission to approach thy throne of grace and to spread my wants and desires before thee. Listen, I am not worthy of thy blessings and mercies, for I am far gone from original righteousness. My depraved nature reveals itself in disobedience and rebellion. My early days discovered in me discontent, pride, envy, revenge. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor the multiplied transgressions of later years. My failure to improve time and talents, my abuse of mercies and means, my wasted Sabbaths, 
my perverted seasons of grace, my long neglect of thy great salvation, my disregard of the friend of sinners. While I confess my guilt, help me to feel it deeply with self-abhorrence and self-despair, yet to remember there is hope in thee and to see the land that takes away sin. Through him may I return to thee, listen to thee, trust in thee, delight in thy law, obey thee, be upheld by thee. Preserve my understanding from error, my affections from, my affections from love of idols, my lips from speaking guile, my conduct from stain of vice, my character from appearance of evil, that I may be harmless, blameless, rebukeless, exemplary, useful, light-giving, prudent, zealous for thy glory and the good of my fellow men. That's challenging. Let's stand together and pray. We'll be dismissed. Father, what else can we say tonight but thank you for a good name? Lord, all the blessings that you've poured out upon us were not based upon what we could do, what value we could bring your name, or even what value we could bring to religion. You gave us our good name out of your good pleasure according to your will. And to be in Christ tonight, we are left without words. We're speechless as to the reasons. But Father, may we understand that the name that's been given to us is a name that we ought to, with all that we can, be zealous to live a life that is pleasing unto you. Lord, I thank you for the forgiveness of sin I thank you, Lord, that you forgive our sin as far as the east is from the west. Lord, I pray that we would not soon forget the lesson tonight. Lord, help us keep in mind every word that we speak, every action that we do, that we remember who we are in Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for allowing us to come before the throne of grace tonight as a body of believers and to humble ourselves before you and to just ask for your continued blessings upon us. I pray every family and every individual here tonight would realize what it is and how precious it is to be in Christ. Father, help us to never grow cold and never grow weary of presenting and preaching the truth of the gospel. Even if the world labels us labels us as hate, hatred, and, 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 and all the words that they can think of, may we understand that all that matters is our standing before you. And Father, thank you that you've given us such wonderful promises. Protect our testimonies. Lord, give us wisdom to think discernment before we speak and before we act. We thank you and we praise you, and it's in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Thank you for being here tonight.